Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Wellspring Words, the podcast. This is your host, Kem. Thank you for joining. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Um, I'm with another guest today, and I will give her a moment to introduce herself. Hi, Kem. It's so great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. For all of you listening, my name is Toffee. I am the co-founder of Mindterra. We are a global community and platform using words, writing, and journaling as a tool for mental well-being. Beautiful. Love it. Um, And the way that me and Toffee met was actually through a website called matchmaker.fm, which puts guests and podcasters together. It It makes the match for us to connect and just have these kind of conversations. So this is a a materialization of that effort. So she reached out to me and I was like, oh man. And you know what I really loved about when you reached out was that you did, you actually listened to the episodes. You actually had things to say about Mm. specific things that I mentioned in the first couple of episodes. And Mm. some people who reach out, it's clear that they're just reaching out to everybody, which is not a problem, but you know, you appreciate the effort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So yeah, thanks for that. No, I think it is important. <laughs> like if you're if you're gonna reach out to someone, I think you need to get to know their work and what they're about. And yeah, so no, I'm I'm so glad that this worked out and I'm excited to see about what we talk about today. Yeah, yeah, me too. I'm so glad it worked out too. Today's uh, should be an interesting conversation. So the the background of this conversation for those listening is that Toffee and I got on a call a few weeks ago, just after we connected on matchmaker.fm and we were emailing a bit, we got on a call to talk about um, a couple of activations we thought we could do with our, with our platforms, MindTerra and Wellspring Words, because they're very much aligned and contributing to the same outcome of mental wellness, general holistic wellness through writing. So it's a beautiful alignment. Yeah, so we, we were just kind of talking person to person and thought like, the idea of finding your voice or coming into yourself, stepping into your power. I mean, there are different ways you can interpret it, but this general idea would be interesting to talk through because we have our own ways of using our platforms to, to find our voice or to step into our voice, but they have different stories. So I want to know kind of your story generally, and we'll take it from there. Yeah. Oh my gosh. The, the, when someone asks like, who are you? Or like, what's your story? I'm like, oh my gosh, where do I start? Um, but I will, I'll, I'll, I'll frame the story in the context of Mindterra. So I, I was always passionate about mental health and mental well-being and just taking care of yourself, self-care. And I was looking for a way to give back in this space. Like I even applied to a PhD in psychology because that's what I thought I, like that's the way I thought I wanted to give back. Um, but it didn't work out. And I think for the better, for a good reason. And I was always just looking for an opportunity to merge mental health with whatever I was doing. So in grad school, um, I was doing a degree in education and I was, I dipped my feet a bit in like the mental health of students and all of that. And so when COVID hit, when the pandemic hit, I was quarantining with a friend and you know, it was an isolating time. We were looking for spaces of connection. And I have been a journaler since I was a kid. I grew up journaling. I would go on trips and have my little journal and write about everything we did. So writing is kind of like embedded into like the fabric of life. Like even now, um, before the pandemic, I would journal pretty regularly just as a way to process thoughts. 
And so my friend and I were like, okay, what if we just host like an online space where people can come together to journal and write, um, but then also create a space of connection and a platform for discussion and just meeting new people during this time when everyone is at home. And so that's what we did. And Mind Terra was born and it has iterated and it's grown and shifted and pivoted in so many different ways. But I'm really excited about where we are today and what we've been able to create. So I guess that's my story. Yeah, it's really beautiful. You, what you what you guys have created is really, really beautiful. Um, I can say it like looking on the outside and talking with you and also as a participant in one of your writing verandas, which is um, in well, for me, it was an early morning. I think it was like 6.30 in the morning for me or 6 in the morning for me. But it's like uh, a writing group that that you host a few times a month, right? Where people get together, write on different prompts, get to meet others. It it was just a really beautiful exchange and like a perfect way to start my day, just activating that creative energy. So you stepping into yourself, though, in in the creation of Mind Terra and everything happening, was it that mm-hmm. isolation that from the from the quarantine and everything and from COVID that made you really look to yes you were talking about looking for community but the aspect of the individual aspect of stepping into your voice or finding your voice had that been something that you were trying to do for a while or was it now just in retrospect looking at your work with my entire that you realized that you hadn't been stepping into your voice and now this was a this was a, a, a way for you to do that Definitely the latter. I don't think I had the self-awareness to be like, I need to step into my voice. Um, I think it's a gradual process that happened over the course of building Mind Terra. And I mean, in the past, I didn't take up space. I was scared of speaking up. I didn't like the attention. I stuck to the rules. I stayed quiet. I was afraid of ruffling any feathers. But through Mind Terra, now when I have something to say, I'm more confident in saying it and not keeping it inside. Um, but to your question, definitely was not, it was not a, uh, a conscious thing that I was creating to find my own voice. It was really driven by, um, you know, we're here and we have all this time. What can we do with this time? Uh, and prior to, to creating Minds Hair in February, I, you know, I wanted to write more. This is February 2020. I told myself I wanted to write more. And so I made this, I was doing my own mini project called Project 30, where I was writing 100 words a day and I was posting on Medium. Um, and I was like, you just need to like write and see what happens. And some days I would write about just like describing the view outside. Other days it'd be more like free flowing thoughts. Um, but it was also like after finishing Project 30, which happened to coincide with kind of the beginning of lockdown where I was like, okay, what's next? I did this project. How can I take this to the next level? That is so cool. I love that idea, Project 30. Is it 30 because you're doing hundred words for 30 days or was it like your 30th birthday or what yeah. was that? It was doing 100 words for 30 days. And I wanted to start with something easy, not easy, but like a low benchmark, like 100 words. You can crank that out in like three minutes if you just sat down and and do it. So I tried to make it like so easy that I could not not do it. Yeah, 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 for sure. That's that's nice. Like sometimes the societies that we live in, I say this 
this phrase so often in this podcast, but the societies that we live in are so action oriented or so goal oriented. Like you have to do the biggest, the most, be the best and earn the most and deliver, produce the most in such Mm -hmm. a short period of time. It's really unrealistic. And not only is it unrealistic, it's unnecessary. It's what is the point of that? It's not necessary to be doing that much when you can get so much value out of writing a hundred words or less. You can get value out of writing three words. You can get value out of writing two words. Lately, my two words that I get so much value out of are I am full stop. That's it. And it brings so much peace. It gives me so much value. I don't need to write a 3000 word paper for, for me to evoke Mm -hmm. the feeling I'm trying to evoke with I am, you know? So anyway, that's kind of a really deep (laughs) philosophical way to just say that's a really cool project. (laughs) No, I agree. I agree. I think that society is so action oriented. Yeah, it can be, it can be a little bit stifling, but it's good that you were able to use this to to help yourself, to develop yourself and to start to take up more space. It's really interesting that you mentioned not like you knew that you weren't someone that that felt comfortable in the limelight, but it also wasn't a priority for you. Sorry, when you were making Mayantara. That's really interesting. Yeah. I mean, like I, I mentioned, I like I wrote on Medium for so long under a pseudonym because I didn't want to put my real name out there because I was like, okay, what if people don't like what I have to say? I was that person. Mm. And even when starting Mindterra, I remember creating our website and I was so uncomfortable with using the word co-founder because I was like, I don't want this to be about me. Like I want it to be about this thing that we're building. I was like so uncomfortable just putting that label there. Mm -hmm. But I think, like I said, like, this whole process has helped me grow and helped me be more comfortable holding space um, and being able to facilitate and to connect people and to listen and be present um, in everything that we're doing. And without knowing it, you're surely a role model for people who can see themselves in you. Surely, you know what I mean? Like, Maybe the co-founder thing doesn't make you feel very comfortable, but for others, it makes them look at you with pride and with a sense of if she can do it, I can do it. Or like, you know, I, or not that if she can do it, I can do it. Like you're doing some, like, you're like, yeah, not in a bad way is what I meant to say. It's like, um, I know someone who has done that. So that means that I can put myself forward and do it too, because I see myself in them. And Mm -hmm. that's really beautiful. That sense of resonance is the community. It's like that collective oneness that we really need to be living towards, you know, that's in my opinion. No, thank you so much for saying that. It's really interesting because when I was doing this, I didn't expect to inspire anyone. I was just like kind of doing, it was like a little experiment. I was doing my own thing until someone came along. She came to our sessions And she came up to us like later, she told us like way later, but she was like, just seeing you, like seeing people who look like me, like women of color, being able to do this and hold this space, like that inspires me. And because of mine, Tara, I now speak up more in my team meetings at work work. And when I heard that, I was like, wow, because this wasn't the intended effect or consequence or anything it just happened and it's like comments like these that keep me going too Mm -hmm. when it gets rough and when you're like oh my gosh what am I doing I don't know what I'm doing or there's so much work how do I balance this with like my actual full-time job yeah so 
Yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's, that's really beautiful. And you have such a soothing voice, to be honest. I'm kind of, it was meditative for me when you were speaking. <laughs> I was like, oh, and I'm imagining this girl and her talking to you. And then it's, I don't know, it's just, it's like, ding, 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 all these things happening in my eyes. But that, but that's beautiful. The whole thing is beautiful. I think it just opened my heart, you know, and that's, that's so lovely. Um, just shifting back a bit to this idea of stepping into your, your voice, or I just thought about it, stepping into your skin. I had the opposite situation for forever Mm. I've always been someone who's very confident very self-assured very driven but living in a society that makes you feel badly if you're too confident you can be confident but you have to be humble and you can't like Mm. you can't be so showy with your confidence Mm -hmm. I can't Mm -hmm. help it actually because Mm -hmm. I just have that kind of spirit like I take up a lot of space naturally I take up a lot of space But at a point, I got really uncomfortable with taking up the space that I naturally take up with actually shining as brightly Mm. as I naturally do, because I felt that it was making people resent me. Um, And it wouldn't be like a resenting, antagonizing, hating. It'd be like they'd Mm. feel so uncomfortable around me that I would start to feel uncomfortable about being so bright. And so I would dim my light. Like I would really dim it That's and just so interesting. It's really sad. Do you think, to it, has to, do you think it do you think it has to do with um being woman? Yeah, part of it definitely had to do with being a woman, for sure. For sure. Um, and when it came to dating, it's always been a little bit tricky. Not with everybody I've dated, but with some mm-hmm. some men who I've dated, it's been a little bit tricky because I found after the relationship would end that I realized that they wanted to be me rather than being with me. Like they wanted to have that sense of drive and be like ambitious and bright and charismatic and mm-hmm. all these things. Um, but they didn't necessarily want to be with that because to be with that means you're mm-hmm. not that. And those are very masculine characteristics Ooh. to be honest with you. So yeah. And, but I can't help it. You know, like everyone has masculinity mm-hmm. and femininity. I have a very masculine personality, but I operate in a very, very feminine way in the world. So this kind of dichotomy, I haven't realized it until recently, but before it's just Mm. like, I only know how to operate in one way. I'm only, I'm only Mm -hmm. pushed to operate in this one way that everyone can see and not taking time for the other slower, more feminine part. So that made it really hard to kind of exist in a world that, that really centralizes masculine energy or masculine traits with man and then feminine energy, feminine traits with woman, because I wasn't showing that. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's been an interesting process um, putting wellspring words out there. And then also this podcast, because Mm -hmm. I'm not, when I listen to this, okay. So let me just back up a bit. That whole part of dimming my light to make other people's under other people comfortable was really an aspect of me instilling self-doubt within myself. It wasn't, or instilling doubt within myself. It wasn't that, that idea of self-doubt wasn't something that I just had naturally, or Mm -hmm. I don't think anyone has that naturally, or just picked up on naturally or internalized from society that much. I gave that to myself because I felt like that's what I need in order to be humble. Like I just didn't know how to operate in the world. Yeah. Yeah. And to feel, for people to feel comfortable around me and for me to integrate and for me to conform, but Um, Now, what I have to do working through that self-doubt, listening back to these episodes when I'm editing and once in a while when I just (laughs) listen back to them, I remember those things that I said in these episodes when I don't remember them when I finish recording. 
Like, I don't remember those things that I said that make me go, oh, wow, that's so true. Oh, Kim, you're so smart. Or Kim, you're you're so wise. Why don't you listen to yourself? Like, (laughs) why don't you just step Mm -hmm. into that brightness that you already naturally have? But it's because there's so Mm -hmm. much self-doubt that I have to I have to, I have to excavate. I put it there, but I have to excavate mm. it now. And so this is a process of that. So that's how my, my journey wow. in finding the voice has gone. <laughs> no, thank you for sharing that. It, I am curious now, like, where are you with the duality of like the feminine masculine energy within you? Where do you feel more comfortable? Have you kind of accepted that your identity is like those two parts or yeah. Like, how do you feel with, feel about that now? I feel pretty good about it, to be honest. And funny enough, when I was 21, I got this tattoo on my side that it's a tattoo. It's the sun and the moon together. And I, I just really liked it. I saw it on Tumblr and I just really liked it. So I got it. But like it has played such a it's like a talisman, right? It's like a representation of something on you or that you see often or that you hold often that like reminds me of something. I don't see it that often, honestly, because it's like on the side and like you get used to what's on your body anyway. So you like stop seeing these things, but just that idea of having both in me and, and really feeling free to live them out in ways that are aligned with myself and that feel comfortable and that are not meeting the expectations of society is so freeing because I can now lean into my feminine side even more without feeling like I'm weak or without feeling like that's an inferior position. It's so, it's so strong just as the masculine, right? But if we recognize that, (laughs) yeah. Ooh, I'm getting chills. Really? (laughs) You know, I've just, I've just been looking into this, this thing a lot and some, some, very concrete aspect that has to do with other people, transpersonal aspect that I realize is happening right now is that I'm listening a lot more in conversations. I may have my feedback mm. cues, right? Like the, mm, like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would give those nonverbal cues like, mm, but mostly I'd be quiet in conversations, just listen and feel com- more comfortable listening. Whereas in the past, I'd feel like I have to say something and that feeling still comes. It's like something that's really ingrained, you know, like I have to say something like I have something to say, I have something to add. Oh, I should add that. But then more so it's been like, it's okay, Kim. You don't have to talk all the time. You don't have to give your input. You don't have to have a solution to everything all the time. Just be quiet and listen to others and listen to yourself and just be cool with that. So yeah, it's been an interesting transition. Like what you said you were getting chills. Did you feel some resonance there? Have you been also experiencing some transitions here? I, I think it's really interesting because we started at kind of two, the two sides of the spectrum, but we're kind of gravitating towards the middle. And now we're like teetering on a seesaw kind of balancing, like, when do I speak up? When do I not speak up? Yeah. Like, I remember like an example um, before this whole thing, it was during BLM, Black Lives Matter. And I was with a group of friends and someone used the word lynching in a, a like a different context like like oh like why are you lynching me as in like why are you sabotaging oh, wow. me or something like that oh wow and that's at that point I I didn't say anything because it, I was all in my head and I was just like I don't want to ruffle any feathers like what if I say something and I'll be seen as like the person who's always like politically correct or like so Mm. I didn't say anything but I felt so uncomfortable by the comment and obviously the person using it had no intention um to to you know to make any like negative comments in any way but it it yeah it came out and so like I think back upon that time and I'm just like I should have said something and then more recently at work um 
in a professional setting, a colleague was introducing me to like an external party and he used the word pretty to introduce me. What? And I How? immediately How felt it... uncomfortable. It was just like, oh, like this is Toffee. Toffee is a really pretty girl. Huh. And I was just like, I felt uncomfortable by the comment and I spent a bit like unpacking why it was making me feel uncomfortable, but I got to a realization that the fact that it made me feel uncomfortable is enough for me to speak up. Yeah. And I was at a point where I was like, you know, I need to speak up. I need to say something about this because, you know, the introduction wasn't ill-meaning. It was good intentioned and maybe, you know, in the cultural context, it's fine, but for me, it wasn't fine. So I had to speak up. So, I mean, just through like these examples and stories, it's just like, like you, where, when do you speak up? When do you not speak up? Um, when do you hold your tongue? When do you let it slip? Yeah. <laughs> so I don't think there's a right or wrong answer, no. but if it doesn't feel uncomfortable, then I think you do have a right to voice your concerns and your opinion. And there is a way to do it. Yeah. The delivery in a, like to frame it. Right. Um, to frame it with good intentions. And that's something I think I'm still learning because when I say things, I'm just very blunt. And so mm-hmm. I'm trying to frame things for like, oh, this is like a learning thing for both of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's a tough one. Like it, 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 okay, I'm 27. So nothing has really taken me a while because I'm still so young in, you know, in the grand scheme of everything. But I feel like it's taken me a while to know when to pick and choose my battles because in the past, I'd just be like, on everything and super righteous about it as well. So I think that it's a good thing that I, some, and some, somehow it's a good thing that I went through that process of self-doubting and now finding my voice again, because it's more refined. And maybe some people will still say that I need to refine it more. And I probably will, again, I'm 27. So there's time to do that because in the past, I think that I was quite abrasive. I won't apologize for what I said, because what I said was, it meant something. It came from in here, but how I said it could have been totally different. As you said, like the, the delivery, mm-hmm. you know, it, it makes a difference mm-hmm. in how people receive what you're saying. Um, and yeah. I would just like kind of f- not pick a fight, but find, find, a, oh, they're okay. Yes. I would try, I would like find a way to say my piece at every moment. And then there was this wave, it felt like, or this, this phase where, I was practicing using my voice in a way that empowered me because I feel like when I was quite younger, maybe from 10 to 17, 18, 19, 20, (laughs) all the numbers in the the spectrum, um, I was like just saying everything without really thinking about it. But then I didn't really, it wasn't intentional, right? So I've been trying to move to this place of saying things intentionally. And in that moment there, that's when I felt like I was really like speaking about, about everything. So I would say something about, the, the lynching comment. Some people use the word rape in that way too. And it's like, we got to be more careful, yeah. you know? And yeah. I would just say something about everything though. And not everything always needs a comment, especially when it's your parents. <laughs> and especially if your parents, <laughs> especially if your parents are like immigrant parents or come from really strict cultures, really patriarchal cultures, like Nigerian culture is. And so I think I face my, with my own with my own journey in that, like some struggles and speaking up and stuff. Cause you know, being a different culture than my parents, I'm saying it in a real American type of way. 
And they're not used to that. And they have to do their own process of that. And so when you have someone mm-hmm. like me who's quite outspoken and who's saying it's it's one thing when you're intellectualizing with them and just talking about general things. But when you start talking about values and principles and philo- parenting philosophies and things that you have your own opinion on, then it's a whole different game. And I think the family aspect is really what has helped me to learn better, you know, when to pick and choose the battles, how to say things. Um, because if I could say it with my family, if I can get that right, then I think my communication with other people will be so much easier. That is true. Very difficult and kind of scary bringing things up with your family. So yeah, yeah. very, very scary. I had a moment this week, um, where I was having a conversation with my dad that just got very heated and, you know, I don't remember the last time that I was yelling and crying on the phone. I don't, I don't remember that. That's how far ago it was. But to be doing that with my dad, of course, it needed to happen. If I'm, if I'm at that emotional level, then it needed to happen. There would have been, there needs to be some healing there in whatever aspect we were talking about. But it was scary to bring myself to do that, to challenge him and to put him in a position where I know that he's not going to be comfortable. And then I'm going to have to feel the brunt of that discomfort on his part. But I did it and it was mm. was beneficial. Yeah. Wow. That's brave. <laughs> I don't know why I'm laughing. <laughs> it is brave. <laughs> it's brave. And something that I heard in there too was you allowed yourself to kind of feel those emotions and whatever you were feeling. And I think so many times we bottle up our emotions and we suppress them mm-hmm. and we say we're fine. And we don't want to burden other people with our emotions. Yeah. But one day the dam is going to break. So you, I think it's really important to also be able to express what you're feeling. And that expression looks different in every person. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So how is that for you? How's that, that level of self-expression or, you know, you mentioned before we started recording this call that you're transitioning. I'm also transitioning and that whole idea of, finding community or making community is something that we have on our minds, but it's not really the highest priority right now because of the transition. So when it comes to those moments yeah. of feeling low or just needing to connect with other people and express yourself in the, in all the ways, how do you, how do you make that happen for yourself? Dang, I opened up a, another deep question. Um, <laughs> I think the first step of self-expression is to first be aware of how you're feeling in the first place And sometimes I don't even know how I'm like, why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. Like I can tell you, like I have the awareness now where I can tell you, okay, I'm having like a a, a meh day or like a bad day, or like I'm feeling really scattered brain right now, but I need time to process that. So I usually, I do it through journaling, through writing, um, through spending time with myself. And that process helps me identify, okay, I'm feeling really stressed out because of X or because of Y. Mm. Um, and then when I kind of identify where the root of the, the emotion is, then I can kind of work with it. Um, sometimes that's reaching out to really close friends and kind of working it through with them or just recognizing like, hey, you're feeling burnt out right now because of all these things that you're doing. You need to give yourself time to decompress, to relax. That's, that's interesting. I'm just, I'm lingering in my mind on the point where you mentioned that you could, you have to be self-aware before you can express yourself. And I love how you, you're patient with yourself and give yourself the time to just do the journaling and, and, and be just 
kind of calm about it. It sounds like your process is quite calm as opposed to erratic, which is totally okay mm. too, because especially when you're going mm-hmm. through something and you don't know how to process emotion, you don't even know how to articulate your emotions, right? You don't have the vocabulary to articulate your emotions. It can be quite distressing. Um, but it's nice that you've, that's nice that you've given yeah. us that you've given us that gift of, you know, showing us that it can be a patient process. I can sit down, I can do, do what I can with it and then move on from there. Mm, yeah. I do have to remind myself to do it though, because when you're so frazzled and so in the moment, you're just like, oh my God, I'm just going to keep pushing forward, put my foot on the gas pedal and just keep going. Mm -hmm. So it definitely is a conscious thing I have to remind myself to do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're not a saint, right? (laughs) And And even saints don't get it, right? Yeah. I was just going to say, even for other people, that process of becoming self-aware can look very different. It can be going on a run where you're just with yourself and your thoughts. It can be doing art therapy, painting or coloring or something where you're just spending time with your, with your thoughts. So that road to becoming more self-aware is also different. But I think the important thing is to give yourself that time. Like you said, it's a patient process to be patient with yourself when you need to. Mm -hmm. When you started journaling or started really becoming self-aware or going into this process, did you, did you have trouble being alone with yourself and your thoughts or had it always kind of been easy to do? I think being alone has been easy for me to do as an only child, Ah. um, as an introvert. So it's always been just me. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of people like, I enjoy spending time with myself and people are always like, aren't you lonely? But Mm. I say this a lot and it's that you can be alone and not lonely, but then you can be in a group of a lot of people and still feel so lonely. Yeah. Yeah. Big time. (laughs) Big time. Um, When I was living in New York City, I think I was a freshman in college at the time. So I was about 18. And that's the first time I ever understood that concept of being around so many people feeling so lonely because before that you know before college you're just like around your family your high school friends are in middle school friends like everyone is just so close together provided that you didn't move around a lot as a kid you know so you feel like a really strong sense of community and a lot of kinship and fondness with your hometown or wherever you came from but then moving to a place like New York City and it's a new experience you don't know that many people and you have people all moving around you know, beside you do, clearly with things to do in their life. <laughs> clearly they have their own path. And it's so interesting that nobody can bother to look at you and say hi, or even meet your eyes or like say sorry when they bump into you. That was my mindset at the time. So wow. <laughs> yeah, I was just New like, York is a whole another beast though. <laughs> it is. No, it is. I know that's kind of hyperbolic, you know, uh, comparison, but <laughs> I just, that when you said that, it was like, yeah, man, small fish, big pond, None of the other fish Mm -hmm. want to talk to me at this intersection of 34th and 8th. And I just feel so low Mm -hmm. right now. (laughs) But I kind of Mm -hmm. felt like, oh, I'm a real New Yorker. I got this. Yeah. (laughs) In the same same (laughs) time. Put on the facade. Now you're a real New Yorker. (laughs) That hardness, you know, the chip on the shoulder. That was my badge. (laughs) Yes. Badge of honor. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I was was asking that question earlier because for many of us, uh, that moment where you sit down, and you're just with yourself and your thoughts can be extremely overwhelming. I don't know what it's like to be an only child because I have three siblings, but yeah, it can be overwhelming. You have thoughts flooding in. It's like you just want to take off your head for a moment. It can really be like that. And 
sad to say, but it's just the reality of the thing. We have to expect it at this point, even if and when you do that work of settling your mind and becoming more attuned to your thoughts and understanding what you actually think and what you actually believe aside from whatever, all the um, external stimuli that you're ingesting, even if you settle that, if you take a break from that practice of settling the mind and meditating and being quiet, and you go back, all of those things are going to happen again, because that's just the kind of reality we live in. Mm, so you know, noisy. so noisy, we don't get a break. So we have to create it for ourselves. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. that's why Absolutely. I, I really enjoy your platform, to be honest, because you get that you, you create that space, you cultivate that space for people. It's, it's, it's admirable. And I want to do the same thing. <laughs> so I'm wondering with uh, with mind Terra and your trajectory coming up, do you see any new things about your identity or your work that might make you that that you're just interested in that you've learned through your involvement with mind Terra so far? I think the biggest thing, the biggest learning so far is that there's no roadmap mm. and you are on your own journey. You're walking your own path and you get to define what that path is. I think a lot of times, and I know imposter syndrome came up in a previous episode of yours, <laughs> but it happens all the time when I'm comparing myself with other communities or startups or people doing similar things. And I'm like, oh, they've only been around for a year and look at where they are and look at where we are. And then you have this little comparison monkey that's kind of like banging symbols in your head and you're like, oh my God, you're not good enough. But with this, I feel like I've learned to determine what where we are, like where we want to be, where we are, what success looks like. You know, you hear the the phrase fake it till you make it, mm-hmm. but you get to determine what make it means, like what yeah. that success looks like for you. And so I've learned to enjoy the journey. And I've heard from books that I've read that like the journey matters more than the goal because it makes you who you are. Right. And that's something that really resonates because so many times there have been moments when I'm just like, you know, I could walk away from this thing that I've created and I'm just like so burnt out working mm-hmm. like a full-time job and then this. But then I realized, you know, if I'm able to help one person find their voice or feel seen and validated, mm-hmm. then that's my definition. That's my brand of making it. Right. So to speak. Yeah. And so that kind of keeps me going. That is so beautiful. Again, with the voice. I don't know if you see my face here. I'm just like, wow. (laughs) (laughs) You have a beautiful voice. You should hopefully. Thank you so much. Yeah. Maybe you can, you know, continue this speaking, speaking more and stepping into that because you have a lot to say the way that you string your words together. Just it flows so nicely. There's I'm trying to write down quotes that you're saying to me (laughs) as you're saying it, but it's like too much processing. I'll catch it when I'm when I'm editing. But yeah, you you have a real gift, I think. And it's really lovely to to witness that, you know, and you reach out to me. I feel blessed. I feel blessed that, you know, I was able Aww. to attract you into my auric field for you to reach out to me so I can be blessed with your with your gifts. <laughs> no, right back at you. I feel like once you're just like resonating on your wavelength, you find other people who are resonating on the same wavelength and you somehow yeah. find each other. Yeah. That's something that I believe in. Mm-hmm. And sometimes... I feel like this, even though we only had one call, that call was so fun. I feel like we just clicked and it was just like a really fun call. And we discussed like so many things. Yeah, it was really good. It had me thinking like, 
after the call, like, do, where do I know Toffee from? Is it, did, did, we, did we meet somewhere? Like, did we meet in Thailand? Because you're a Thailand right now. <laughs> did we meet when I was traveling there? Did, where did we meet? But we hadn't met. <laughs> that's good. That's the good thing about it. Though. That's why it feels so natural. There was something that I wanted to say. I remember it now. Basically, you know how they say there's, an, there, there's a means to an end. And so that the journey, we're always on the journey in order to reach the goal. And the goal is the pinnacle. The goal is the thing that we're striving for. But really what you're saying about the journey being the highlight and the goal just being something there, you know, that it feels like the means to the end is the goal and the journey. So the means is the goal and the journey is the end rather than the means being the journey and the goal, the end. Wow. My brain, it's too much. It's like, wow, that was a lot, but yeah, just reframing it as like the goal is what you're working through right now. The means is the goal. Yeah. The means is the goal. So like the goal is just there to help you on your journey and the goals, cause it's a moving signpost, right? It's a moving post or a moving target mm-hmm. rather. Like it's mm-hmm. always going to be, you're never going to catch that thing or you catch that thing and it, it no longer means as much to you or it means a lot to you, yeah, but then cause you're, you're there. Yeah. You're there. Like you don't have to work towards it. Exactly. And if you, if you're so focused on getting to the Zenith and you keep climbing and keep going and you get there and you forget the view along the way yeah and then you get there because you are going to get there right you, yeah one day if you keep walking up that mountain you're going to get there yeah but then when you get there you're like oh this wasn't what I expected like wh- where's the next peak I can climb to and then right. you're just off on your on your next goal yeah exactly there's there's something beautiful about like appreciating the journey and appreciating those steps that it takes to get to the zenith but then also getting there and appreciating that too right because we can't just we can't scrap the goal like we usually scrap the journey and just go for the goal. There is a balance that we have to strike that chord. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I'll have to remember that. <laughs> On this, you know, when you're transitioning, it's that, that, that time when you're really goal focused and stuff. But the journey is where it's at. I'm just going to revel in the journey. Absolutely. Yeah. So where can people find you, keep up with you, keep up with Mind Terra and everything that you're doing? All of your efforts that you're putting in. Um, yeah, if you're listening to this and you're like, hey, that sounds cool. I want to try taking care of myself or I want to try writing collectively with a really cool community. Or even if you're just a bit curious, um, we are at mindterra.co. So that's .co for community. I love how, just like how Wellspring words .love. So we <laughs> tried to do the same thing with yeah, community. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, so we're at mindterra.co and you can sign up for events there. We have donation-based spaces and we also have like therapist talks and collaboration events with other people. And so do come by and check us out. Um, We try to make our space accessible for everyone. So if cost is an issue, like you can email us at team at mindterra.co and we'll try our best to help you because we want you know, to spread wellness and mental well-being to as many people as we can. And so I hope to see you there. Woohoo! Thank you so much. And I'll be linking your your website in the show notes. I'll also add your Instagram profile there. Uh, thank you so much for being on this episode, Toffee. It was a pleasure having this conversation with you and learning about you and learning about myself through talking to you. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, Kim. This is so fun. Woohoo. Okay. I say woohoo a lot. I just realized. <laughs> Why am I saying I love woo-hoo that. So woohoo. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's because I watched too many um, cartoons as a kid. But um, <laughs> thank you everyone for listening. 
And if you want to get in touch with us, you know where we're at, Wellspring Words on Instagram. And you can email us at bewell at wellspringwords.love. Don't forget to leave a comment and a rating and a subscription and a sharing with your friends. And we will catch you later. Take care. Bye.